rolling. Thanks for joining us this week on Couch Guy Hollywood with the latest and greatest movie news in Hollywood. Uh, today I'm joined by Bunny. Cooper isn't here this week. He's actually back home for his sister's graduation. So congratulations, Avery. Welcome. Congratulations, Avery. Yeah, welcome to the real world. Welcome to uh, the time that no one likes but is forced into yeah. anyways. <laughs> if you ever down the LA side, hit me and Nick up. We'll help you through the tips and tricks on how to get through college, I, don't I suppose. I don't know if I can. I don't know um, if I could, to be honest. I don't think we're the best role models for you, but you know what? It's okay. <laughs> we're a fun time. Yeah, we'll have a good time. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, so today, uh, this week's just me, me and Bunny. And uh, sorry about the episode coming out a little late today. We had a lot of troubles um, with recording, uh, so... We are now scheduled. We basically have to do this very last minute because of the way that our how the everything worked the other night when we were recording. Yeah, but uh, it's good. It's fine. I'm not worried. If anything, it's cool because a couple new trailers came out today that um, we wouldn't have been able to talk about. So exactly, that all happened for a reason. Everything happens for a reason, man. Right. But anyways, Bunny, um, what have you up to this week? Hmm. Nick, I wonder what we've been up to this week. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, what have we been up to this week? Well, from Monday through Wednesday, we were graced with six hours of cinematography. Yep. Which was frightening, to say 3 the least. PM, 3 p.m. till 10 p.m. Yeah. Every, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was frightening, to say the least. And then we had Thursday and Friday on set, which was a great experience, working with the 35mm 35 millimeter, 35 millimeter film camera, mm-hmm. which is a big guy. Mm-hmm. A big guy. It really is. Um, very intimidating when you see um, it at first. It's a lot. A lot of equipment comes with it. A lot of different boxes. A lot of different like rules and stuff like that. Expensive lenses. Expensive lenses. Like holy crap! I, we were we were in class um, the second day, and it, they're all long classes. And um, sometimes you don't have any job on. You don't. We we had so many people in our class with like very little jobs that like there are people that didn't have anything to do and so I found myself kind of just I was just doing whatever and wandering around and I was talking to someone near all the lenses and they were like you know these lenses are super expensive and I was like well yeah but I was like I was like how much and they're like the 50 millimeter lens is almost five thousand dollars and I was like, you're telling me if I accidentally drop this, I owe $5,000? Yeah, man. Like, that's crazy. And I was like, there was a, a set with all of those lenses. It was like $100,000. And I was like, this is gross. I'm like, this makes me <laughs> sick. <laughs> like, this is so much. And like, it's like, no wow. pressure first AC, but if you drop that thing. <laughs> right. And I mean, it makes you real. It's like, oh, my God, everything is. I mean, like, obviously, you know, everything is so expensive, but like. When you're just around it all, you don't really think about it. Yeah. And, like, the amount... Oh, my gosh. Like, even when we were dealing with red, like, the red body is $10,000. Alone. Alone. The body alone. But that's... I mean, that's the cheapest one. Like, the one yeah. we're going to get to use later on, like, the bigger red is, like, forty k for just the body. Yeah. And that's not without... Le- that's and without then, lenses, the monitor, battery... Yeah. Anything. But yeah, we're, we're. I'm going off topic. I'm sorry. Go on, we'll go back to 35. We'll talk about red when later on when we yeah, start working. When with we it. start working with it again, um, which so, I think is probably next week or maybe even this week. I don't know if we have cinematography. God, we do have cinematography. Oh. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I've seen them too much. Yeah, seeing just hearing our voices, you probably 
feel sorry for us for having to go through cinematography for so long and having to see our teacher again this coming week like we love him but i think he's sick of us he definitely is (laughs) definitely sick of us so this last week um we're basically doing the tips and tricks on how to use this big camera got do a lot of test shoots in class and along with that sorry to cut you off we yeah. also had like honestly you can call it a competition but i don't like that word <laughs> but there was in terms of competition for four students to see who got to shoot on the camera and that was the shooting days of thursday and friday so everyone had to bring in a script and you had to pitch your idea to the class and then the class got to pick the top four um and so uh yeah that was an interesting yeah. experience for everyone mm-hmm. um so i ended up uh beating bunny in a tie that we had which is a first nick doesn't usually beat me in anything yeah, but i don't know about that <laughs> that's aggressive um but i so yeah i sorry bunny but i ended up beating bunny in that and um i got to film mine mm-hmm. i felt really bad and it was horrible and i was like i'm so sorry bunny because she had literally helped me make my script and so I was like, this is literally, like, your idea, basically. <laughs> um, and so I got to shoot. Then Carly, you guys, if you, if, you listen, if you listened a while back, she was on an episode or two. Um, she, she got to shoot hers, and then two other people in our class got to shoot. Um, so it was really, it was, I was scared. I was like, I don't know how to, like, this is so much equipment. This is so much extra stuff that I'm not used yeah. to. And it but like at the same time it, i felt better and it was easier because no, with the departments now because there's so much there's so much more equipment there was more we and also the entire class was one group and that was one crew so we had instead of four people we had 14 or 15 whatever our yeah. class number is and um we uh it was cool and it was like i wasn't no one was not everyone was coming to me it was like the heads of the department and they would go to like I never had to hear anything about what lens I wanted or what, like, certain things, because that wasn't my job. My job is to direct it, and my DP, which is Bunny, yeah. she got to pick, you know, what lenses look best and all that stuff, which is cool. And, like, I obviously, like, I had faith in her, and I knew that she knew what she was doing. So I wasn't... Thanks, man. Right. And um, <laughs> so that was cool. That was a really cool experience. And, like... It, it was weird, though, because I'm used to having to, like, when I'm directing, you, I'm used to having to, like, just be prepared for everyone to come at me. And it was nice to just, like, know that everything was working and I didn't have to worry about what people were doing. Because there was people, like, in my AD, my assistant director was on top, like, was making sure everyone was doing their stuff. She kept walking around and checking on all the departments. Mm-hmm. And then it would come to me with updates and tell me what was happening. And that's awesome. Like, that's mm-hmm. so nice. And I mean, it's, I hope that it continues with our intermediate film, which we're going to be shooting. Like, I hope I can get that many people and pe- have enough people who understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting, and I'm excited for that. Um, and it's cool, too, because we actually get our negative film back. So we get our, the, the film that you shot on. You get that, and that lasts for, if you, use, if you, hold, if you put it in a, like, the right place, it'll last like 100 years, mm. which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but it was a long week. We didn't have any other classes. It was just cinematography for however many, literally too many hours. So many hours. It was Um, actually ridiculous at some point. I think there was one part of the week where we literally just got so restless in class where we're just not like even 
doing what we were told to do at one point. We're just like sitting around. Yeah, and we're out. like, we're so sorry, sir, but we cannot do this anymore. Yeah, I mean, like it's been like it's long nights, and then you know everyone's tired, and then you have us keep coming back and keep coming back, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to shoot on the back lot. We had shot on Universal back lot on Thursday, and that was the two exterior shoots. So you you got to pitch an interior idea and an exterior. So an inside shoot like a like a dinner table scene or like anything outside, and so um, I got picked for exterior. So I got to shoot on. We got picked uh, to shoot in the Desperate Housewives back lot set. Yeah, which is uh, which great. was really cool. We've already been there once before. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got the end. We we were on the end of the street, and we've never been there before. I've never been on that side. Yeah, before. we yeah we were blocked uh, last, out from it the last yeah because there was another there was someone else shooting there, yeah. so we didn't get to shoot there. Um, but no, it was really fun and it was exciting and it's cool to you know be sitting there and the tram comes by and everyone gets like all excited. It's for actually it. so great because this is one this is one guy in our class who. <laughs> He just brings me so much joy, man, because mm-hmm. he's like, he's the oldest in the class, but he's got such a young heart. And every time the tram would go past where we were shooting or where we were being picked up, he would just wave at the people and they'll wave back at him. And he got so excited. Well, yeah, because so the, that tram tour is like, it's a the park ride. So at Universal, if there's the, if you don't know, there's the, um, the tram tours and that goes through all the back lot. And it goes through, you know, like there's a couple of cool things that happen, but it goes past everything or goes in it. Usually, I think it actually goes in Desperate Housewives if no one's shooting there. Um, but obviously we're shooting there, so they drive by and with when our signs up, they're like, and here's the, um, the film, like the filmmakers of the future or whatever, like whatever stupid thing they say. <laughs> and it's really cool, but everyone looks at us and everyone's like taking pictures and stuff. Which, like, let's be honest, they're taking pictures of the set behind us. Yeah, they're not taking pictures of us. <laughs> but they're all waving and stuff, and it's cool. It's, like, it's weird, and it's one of the... But it's also bad, because, like, if it happens too much, your ego's gonna get boosted. Because you're gonna be like, ooh, look at all these people. Yeah, there was some people where I think it went to their heads a bit, but mm-hmm. you know what? <laughs> they're like, oh my god, my fans. And I'm like, Yeah, and I was oh. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it was a really fun week, but very tiring. Um... Like, everyone got sick by the end of the week. By Friday, like, half of our class was... Had something, either cold or something. Just no one was feeling good. Everyone was feeling like trash. (laughs) Yeah, I think we also... um, People's tempers started Mm. rising by the last day. You know, we in the same space for four out of the five days right with the same people i think people just started getting sick of each other mm-hmm. and things like that which is normal on a everyday day-to-day basis like it's nothing that's like not supposed to happen but right. like it was still a lot we're also <laughs> not used to being with each other that much and yeah. it was like okay i guess I'm li- it's like we're living with them at that point like the amount of time we had to spend with exactly them. especially in one classroom right and we were in the same classroom for six hours straight and it was like Watching the sun, literally, like, you wake up, probably, you're just getting ready, and you're relaxing, because you know you have a long day. Like, that's what I did. Yeah. And then you get to class, and then you just watch the sunset. Like, yeah. you're watching as the day is ending, and then it's like, this sucks. And the sad thing is that you, um, the sun goes down so late, so you're like, uh-huh. oh my god, you feel like you, it's only, like, it's only 4 p.m. Right. And things like that, so the class will go on for so long. But, like, it really, 
Um, working on the backlot because Nick mentioned that I got to DP his film. <clears throat> working on the backlot. Um, to be honest, I would lose my concentration in class when mm -hmm. you would go over what what you do with the camera and stuff like that. So I was really scared to have to work with this big camera um, and and DP this film because I was the first student who got to DP with this camera in our class. Right, because I shot in the morning on that yeah. Thursday, which was the first day. So I was the first one who got to work with this thing properly. And I was, I remember, was I was so scared the night before because I was like, oh my God, um, what if I don't know how to do this? What if I don't know how to do that? Mm -hmm. And when being on set, like everything just kind of clicked for me. I was like, okay, right. I need the 25 millimeter lens. I need it on this position. Um, I'll ask the director, Will Nick. <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, okay, what movement do you want? And things like that. And everything's just started clicking into place. And even with my first and second AC, like it started off really rough in the yeah. beginning. Well, that was because the second AC was in charge of loading the magazine. So they had to put, the, they had to load the film. And because it's obviously film, they had to do it in a tent. They couldn't look at it. They had to do it in the dark space because or else it would expose the film and then yeah. it wouldn't be usable and she puts her hands in it and she starts doing it and then she's like i've never done this before yeah and so people are like what and then she actually broke it she actually jammed it so that it wasn't like she had jammed film inside of it so that it, it, and it broke out it broke off so she's like it isn't working and then the t the our teacher assistant our ta went in put his hands in and he's like it's stuck like there's something stuck in there and so he had to take it go to the truck he had to unscrew it to get the like literally to get it out and that took him like a solid like probably 30 minutes yeah and that really delayed us like we didn't start shooting i don't think until like we were we had to be done by one and i don't think we started shooting until like what like 11 yeah like i was given like very little time because of it and also you know the setup it was everyone's first like time doing a real like set up not in yeah. class with Michelle our teacher like really helping us and saying what we should do and also like because it's an exterior there was no lights so right. it was all lined on flags and bounce boards and flags things. is just kind of like stuff to block light or to bring light in yeah so we kind of just had to work with these this this type of equipment to try and to try and replicate um, light in this direction or in whatever mm -hmm. direction we wanted and this was probably the first time is the first time we actually um, had to do something like that so it took us a while right and also on top of that I had um, there's a couple people in my class who weren't who were in charge of doing that stuff one of them his main job was setting up the bounce boards and making it so the light would reflect on would bounce back back bounce toward i don't even know whatever bounce whatever the sun would uh, hit them because it's bouncing off the bounce board and um reflect i think i was right the reflect. first time yeah I was, I was right the first time yeah um and so we were trying to do it and then we were moving the camera around and doing everything and everyone's like all right let's you know let's get that bounce board up and they're like where's aaron that's his name sorry if you're listening um what's up aaron yeah and uh he wasn't there he was busy um What's it called? Uh, he was busy looking for his location uh, for his film. Yeah. And so it was irritating um, to deal with, but I guess, just because like it was frustrating to have uh, one of my crew members not be there. Um, 
and like when I'm try- we're trying to do stuff and it holds everyone back because then everyone's like just trying to figure out where he is instead of doing yeah. their own job. Um, and so that was kind of frustrating because then I had my AD yelling at me because she was mad at him and it was just, it was a mess and at, for a while it was a mess. And then things finally got sorted out so that was good but it took a while um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just glad it was done and I think it came out pretty good. It looked really good. I got to watch it on the monitor so I got to see what it looked like the entire time. I didn't get to see it in color but that's fine. I can, yeah, it was... It was such a weird experience as well because if you've ever walked to the film camera, you know that it like, um, because the film's moving so fast, it kind of looks like, I don't know, there's like black splashing at you, if that makes me Yeah, like it's it. like different pictures. Yeah, so it's like um, black, like these moments of black where it's like, but I can't, like, you can't see my hands. It's blinking, it's blinking. It's blinking, yes. Sorry, English my second language. But like, it's yeah it's like blinking at you mm-hmm. and so like it kind of messes with your eye for a bit while you're looking into the um viewfinder yeah because like you're like okay i need to kind of adjust my eye to where it's not like making me have a seizure right well it's funny because he had mentioned during the class how you could close the eyepiece and you didn't have to keep your eye in there not a single person did it no but that was when no, you can close it, and you don't have to keep your eye on it. If you don't want to keep your eye up against it when you're shooting, you close it so that the light doesn't get exposed. Oh. There was, like, a button you could have done, but I, no one used it. And I was like... Well, I okay. wanted to see the pictures. So. No, like, I get that. That makes sense. I don't know why you wouldn't, because then you don't know what you're shooting. Exactly. But if you wanted... If, if you had, like, a monitor set up next to you that you could look at, true, then true, I guess. True. But only I had a monitor, so... Unless you wanted to get off the camera and walk over to me. Um, no. Um, but no, it was really fun. Um, I'm excited to be done with it, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, it's really nice, and I love it, but it's so much. Like, it's so heavy, and <coughs> it was an experience, though. Like it was Even panning cool. and tilting was a mission. Well, yeah, because it's so heavy, Like, right? my right arm was, like, I probably gained so much muscle in just the one arm. <laughs> just by panning and tilting than I have ever experienced in my whole life. It was Damn. actually, it was actually ridiculous. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, we're, I'm, I'm excited. We'll keep you guys updated on uh, when we start working with the red cameras, which I honestly is probably going to be this week. I think yeah. we'll probably use it in class this week. So yeah, um, I mean, we've already started working with it, so I don't know if it's the same red or we're going to get another one because there's the red epic, the red. I think it's gonna be. Dragon I still. A, I think it's still gonna be. I think it's the red dragon. No, no? I think red dragon's the other. One. I, there's. I don't honestly. There's so many names and it's not tier. We'll properly. let you guys know. Yeah, we'll, we'll let, let you, you know. guys know. Uh, but anyways, do you want to move on to some questions? We got a couple, so yeah. we might as well. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna start with this one. Uh, what do you do to stay motivated when you begin to run out of ideas? Oh, that's a good one. Um. Well, I like to base my ideas on what I physically see around me or off like TV shows and stuff. Yeah. But if I run out of ideas, what I love to do, um, everyone who knows me knows that I love to do this, is that I love to go to my, um, the Starbucks that's close to me Mm -hmm. and I will just sit there for hours and I'll just write a whole bunch of random ass shit that comes to my head and then hopefully I'll formulate some form of idea from it. Yeah. Um, it may be 
um, I have this weird thing. I love watching people. I yeah. love observing people. I think people, people around you are the most useful tool mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> to use. Because like you'll see these like some some random guy walking around with a with, with a stuffed duck. With a stuffed duck, you know? Um, just going coming Dr- in and drug out of use. <laughs> yeah, just coming in and out of Starbucks and you're kinda of just there like, hmm, I could probably write a short story about a, a guy. A guy on drugs walking a, around with a stuffed Yeah, bag. like I don't know, something like that. Actually, um, funny fact, um, (laughs) when I was 16, um, 10th grade, I was given the opportunity to direct and write a one-act play. So I was kind of like, okay, I don't know, like, what I would do. So we were given, like, kind of a prompt to help us. So I had to, um, my prompt was stuck in an elevator. Now imagine having to write a fucking one-act play about someone being stuck in an elevator, you know? Mm. So I was like, oh shit, what do I have to do? It sounds pretty cool. <laughs> so I physically, and I kid you not, I physically spent the whole entire day in an elevator just watching people in the That's elevator. Crazy. Like trying to figure out like what would people do, like what are the different personalities mm-hmm. that people come into this elevator space like it's it's a cool thing like so many people from different backgrounds in this one confined space like the movie devil sure have you seen the movie no i have not okay (laughs) um but they're stuck in this confined space and it's like you don't know what they've they've been through Mm -hmm. um that day or whatever now they in the elevator and they've all just come together and imagine all these different personalities being stuck in the elevator for like i don't know an hour or two. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, so... I'm thinking about our school and the people that were using the elevator were like, <laughs> yeah. could not do that. So it was, it was actually, that's how I figured out how I'd write this script just by sitting in the elevator for a whole day. My mom, I remember telling my mom that, oh no, mom, I'm just going to the movies with my friends, but I ended up just staying in the elevator the whole day, which is kind of sad. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah. it's a little sad. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway... So let's say basically along the lines of what I do today, I'll sit at Starbucks, watch people around me, see um, like people's mannerisms, what they want to do, what they're doing, um, sometimes what drinks they're ordering, like what type of people order certain drinks. Yeah. I don't know. No, I get that. Things like that that I'll use to formulate potential ideas. So mm-hmm. that's what I usually do when I run out of, run out of ideas. Mm-hmm. What do you do, Nick? That's cool. Um, I, for a while, I have, like, two different things that I do. Two different, like, methods, I guess. Um, one of them that I've been doing for a while is just, like, I get angry at myself first. Here, oh. I'll give you, I'll give you, like, the, the, the list of things. Let's go. Let's so go. I'm, I'm sitting down, and I have to write something, and I'm, like, I have no ideas. I spend a good 30 minutes angry at myself because I'm, like, why can't I come up with anything? And then he calls me, and, and it, he's, like, Bunny, why can't I come up with anything? Right, and then you don't, and you don't help me at all. <laughs> And it, it just makes me more angry because I'm like, why can't I come up with anything? Um, and then I'll probably, I usually um, get some headphones and I just go outside and I'll either sit outside by my pool and just like kind of just breathe in the air and just kind of let things come to my head or I'll go outside and I'll walk around for a little bit. Um, I did that for a while. It used to help. It kind of stopped helping recently. 
Um, I don't know why. It just I had a, I, there was one night where I literally spent two hours doing that and I couldn't think of anything. Like it, my mind was just blank. Mm-hmm. Like nothing could happen. And then I got home and I got I have actually I wish I had it it's somewhere over there. I don't want to get up and mess with the mic, but um, I have a little book that I use to write my ideas in, and I kind of like what you said. I would just literally anything. I what I did was was first I for my intermediate I did this actually. And I was like, okay, well, I know it's a, I want it to be one location because that's super cheap. And I don't know, I kind of like that idea. So mm-hmm. I literally just started listing every location I could think of in my head. Just like boom, 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 one page full of just locations. And then I went through the locations and I like marked off things that were like thing like that I could do, like that were like actual, like something I could possibly do. Yeah. Um, and then I just started writing random ideas, and I just was like, all right, cool, let's think of a horror movie. What could happen in a horror movie at a house? And I would do that, and then I'd write, like, ten different ideas. And then I'd, like, or not ten, but, like, five different ideas with that. And then I'd move on to another location, and I'd try to think of... And that's what I did, and then I kind of narrowed it down. And I kind of make them as bare bones as possible. And then when I know what my idea is, finally, I have, like, full, like, two or three pages of just building on that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's a long process, but it's, I don't know, it works, and it's cool. Um, and it helps with the story as well, because it helps me, like, I don't know. I, I've never done it before. That was my first time doing it, I think, like, to an extent of, like, that I did. But it was really good, and it was helpful. Um, but, yeah, that's what I do. But it takes a lot. I will say. It sounds like it takes a lot. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I don't think I can, I'm that patient to do that. I like to, um, I, I'm the same. I'll be that person who I'll get so frustrated myself if I can't come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think subconsciously um, in our class is that, I don't know, there's like this thing that we all want to just come up with good stories because we right. want to we want to like impress our instructor especially this and semester students, yeah especially this semester like mm-hmm. i am shit scared of my instructor for screenwriting <laughs> so coming up with my intermediate idea was the most stressful thing that i had to do because i just wanted to impress this guy like right. we walked into screenwriting that one day and Basically, he had this whole entire different vibe than the past two screenwriting teachers we've had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, crap. He was like, it was very, I'm here because I'm getting paid and I'll do this job while I'm here. But once I leave, I'm not doing it. He yeah. was straight up like, uh, don't email me your script because I won't read it. Yeah. He's like, I'll read it in class. We have three hours. I'll do it then. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And please. I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and like, I, I don't know, he's very monotone and very one-tone when he talks, and it's very frustrating, because I'm like, I can't stay awake for your class if you're going to speak like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, um, but yeah, uh, you want to move on to the next question? Yeah, let's yeah. go for it. Let's see, I have a couple here. Um, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip this one, I'm going to go back to it, but sure. um, what do you think are the mistakes that every new filmmaker uh, does when they start out? Hmm. Or... You know what I mean. That's a very good question. Um, it's a hard question. Yeah, it's a hard question. I think what I've noticed in myself as well as other filmmakers starting out, mm-hmm. um, I think we're, getting, we're kind of getting rid of that whole concept now because we're getting more familiar with, with it, is that we tend to spend so much time on making the frame look pretty right. and the cinematography and the lighting and we neglect the story. Mm. Mm. Um, Speak for yourself, but yeah. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. Oh my god. Yikes. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I think that's a big thing that filmmakers starting out um, have a issue with. That's the mm. biggest mistake they probably do is because we all want to have the really cool shots and things like that. We all want to edit it so cool that like there's not white swipes. What's there's not like wipes. I don't mean wi- like wipes and special like cool about, transitions. Like, PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, things? that's what I'm talking about. Like cool oh, transitions God. and stuff like that. So we all are so obsessed with like the cool shot with like the light coming in the right position and then like the actress looking like I don't know, like just the frame itself. Mm-hmm. But we neglect the story that comes along with it, mm. and this like, and I noticed that in the first semester, wow, <laughs> the first semester especially, mm-hmm. because we were all starting out, like we're all new, right? But I noticed that there was a whole lot of like people wanting their films to look cool, but then when it's done, you'll be like, but what was the story? Right. Um, I didn't understand why the shot was necessary. <laughs> But, like, it looked cool, but, like, why was it there, you right. know? So I think that's the biggest um, mistake that new filmmakers make, is that they neglect story, but they want their film to look cool. I, f- I agree with you, but I also feel like, for me, what it seems, and I just kind of thinking, because I've, I've thought about this question multiple times before, um, I feel like what a lot of new filmmakers do is, I don't know what it is, but everyone has... Every filmmaker, when they start, they have a massive ego to where they think that they know everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they know nothing or whatever. They just, they pretend like they know everything. And that's, I think that's the biggest mistake is even if you know something, like there are people in our class who like love to be like, oh, I already know this. Why are we doing this? Or like, yeah, like stuff like that. And it's, that's what irritates me because I'm like, you might know this, but you're being taught differently. You were probably taught differently this than what the standard is or whatever. And having that mindset of, ugh, I already know how to do this or, oh my God, that's just so boring. Why are we going over this again? I feel like, and what I think is, if you're coming to film school, I don't care how talented you are, but go at it like you don't know anything. Go at it and just listen and learn because that's the best thing. No matter if you think you know some things there are stuff that you don't remember or stuff that you will forget about that like small things but are very important and so like i think that's a big mistake and that everyone had and it's obvious especially for our class because it was like everyone first semester was like i want to be the best i want to make sure everyone knows i'm the best yeah and there were a couple people who did that that's what their job was they really wanted to do that and now that we're, it sounds stupid, but now that we're at our third semester, you know, we've spent a year now with all these people. Everyone knows everyone and no one needs to do that anymore. Yeah. Because it's not a competition anymore. It's not like we're fighting for survival. Everyone's kind of like, in a weird way, it's like we're all kind of just family at this point. We've been yeah. there so long. So everyone kind of just supports everyone and isn't about like, oh, I want to be the best. Yeah. And I think that's what it needs to be like. It needs to be like, you know, be supportive and everyone because it's a hard thing it's a hard industry like it really is and it's it's not easy you know it's not like it's easy time like it, it, i'll go back to this because i have another question that mm. 
that I want to answer, but it irritates me sometimes where there's people who are like, oh, you go to film school, like, wh- whatever, like, I'm over here doing this, and, like, I wish I was you, I wish I could go to film school. And it's like, yeah, I love film school, and, like, that's what I want to do, but, like, I don't think people realize how much work it truly is. And also, I think another thing, just to go on to, uh, um, from what you're saying, is that, um, yes, filmmakers, when they come starting out, they think that they know everything and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I think... Also, a thing that new filmmakers like make the mistake of is realizing they can't um, is realizing that they can't do everything. Right. Like, not everyone is gifted in directing, screenwriting, editing, and cinematography. Mm-hmm. That's just not how it. Like, works. it's not how it works. Some um, some people are stronger in cinematography than they are in screenwriting or things like that. Like, for instance. I know that I can't edit for shit. <laughs> I am terrible at editing. Yeah. But I am stronger in things like cinematography. Right. So it's things like that. That's why um, people need to realize that, yes, in film school, you taught how to do the whole thing. So, yes, all taught how to do the whole thing. But also just acknowledge that you can't... Not everyone is good at every aspect of the film industry. Right, like... For instance, like, not to, like, whatever. But I'm, like, personally, like, I love cinematography. Like, it's awesome. I'm not the best at it. Like, I'm, I personally find myself a stronger director than a cinematographer. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I don't like, like, I like it, but I don't, I don't think that's my strongest thing. And I'm, all, and I'll tell you, I will, if you want me to be your DP, I'll be like, I'll be honest, I'll do it. But I don't think I'm the best and I don't want to ruin your film. Yeah. I'm not going to be like... Yeah, sure, of course, I'd love it. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to be straight up with you. Like, I'm not the best at it. I, I love doing it, and maybe I'm better than I think I am, but I, I don't know. I, I just personally, I'm not... What's the word I'm looking for? I'm not, like... Um, I can't think of the word. But you know what I'm trying to yeah. say. <laughs> and it's the same with me. These, like, the, the departments that I'm particularly comfortable with are sound... Um, I've gotten to work with sound a lot, so I'm more comfortable with doing people's sound, when uh-huh. it's, whether it's booming or sound mixing. Um, cinematography is something that I'm also um, very comfortable with. I love working with the camera. Comfortable is the word I was thinking yeah. of. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. No problem. Um, cinematography is something I'm also really comfortable with. And um, directing as well. Mm-hmm. Like directing is something I'm also really comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, I can write a script, but I wouldn't say screenwriting is my strongest um, point. Mm-hmm. Neither is editing, as I said. So yeah. it's important to realize as a first beginning filmmaker that, yes, you're going to be... It's, it's good to have some skill mm-hmm. in, in these, those areas. Like, I have a skill in editing. I have yeah. a skill in screenwriting. But also acknowledge that this is not your strong suit. And yes, you can work on it. But also don't make it a real mission to be 100% in all of those aspects because some people just can't do that. Mm. And another thing is, like I said, egos are so big in film school and you gotta, and that's something you're going to run into no matter what. Um, and I mean, there's definitely more egos in the acting department. Like every actor has an ego. You can't tell me that that's not true because <laughs> every actor has an ego. And that's just because they're getting hyped up by every other actor that, oh my God, you're the best, you can do anything you want, and their parents, I'm sorry. And I, I, I agree. I, I'm, there are some people that are good actors, but you also have, you know, um, 
like I went to high school with someone who wanted to be an actor. This is mean, but I'm sorry. Like they weren't like the best actor. Like mm-hmm. I really didn't think they were that great. And you know, you're always obviously your parents are always going to be the person that's like you do it. Like you, you're the best. But I think there are also times where it's like that should not like you should not be like like so like this because it builds their ego even more. If they're and I know it's good. It's good to have parents and everyone like family and stuff that are supportive. But at the same time, I feel like if it's too much. It's bad. And also in the acting um, department, I'm speaking as an actor myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, it's a very dangerous, um, competitive right. place. Like the acting department's a mess because everyone wants to be cast in this person's mm-hmm. film or everyone wants to be seen as this certain type of actor. Yeah. So it gets dangerous when your ego starts to rise. And mm-hmm. I've noticed that with the first semester actors is that because we're all new, we're all trying to figure out things and it's all the actors that come at you. Right. And then you see them a lot in the first semester, like everyone, basically all the actors are in some form of someone's film or something. Mm-hmm. And then you start, they start dying out. You start seeing that people are not using this person anymore or things like that. And it's because of things like ego or just thinking that they're better than they are. Right. So, again, I don't, I don't want to keep going on with this one. But just if you're a new filmmaker, a new actor, coming to a film school, just know these things and yeah. just be careful. That's all I'm saying. And know that as, as much as everyone's trying to be your friend, they're also just as easily trying to get there so that they can use you as a stepping yeah. stone. So just know that and be careful. And it's for both both departments, yeah. film department as well as acting oh, department. Oh yeah, it really is. Um, now, going kind of talking more about um, what we had talked about earlier, but um, I have another question is, you know, how important is it to have the right crew to work on? Like with, you know, just production, pre-production, production general, or like post, any of them, all three. Ooh. Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> I can answer first if you yeah, like. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, I I think it's really important. Like, there are times where I've had to deal with um, crews where you know it's. See, I don't want to say things and come off like, like, again, like an ego, like having an ego or something like that. No, you're being real, dude. <laughs> but um. I don't know, there are just, there are some people that you have, that you get put into a group with and you're like, this is not going to work. Yeah. You're like, this is not going to work. And whether it be language boundaries, whatever it is, um, I think that's really important. And like, you know, I'm not being like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, like I never want to work with someone who I can't speak to because of language boundaries, but it's, it's difficult. And it really is like when you're trying to, you know, communicate with someone. Like one time I got put into a group where it was just me and a bunch of other uh, people that were f- from a different country and their English isn't that great. Yeah. And, you know, that's difficult. That really is hard when you're, you know, and being the director and having to, you know, tell my DP who, you know, their English isn't that great and I'm trying to explain to them what kind of shot I want or this and that and they don't understand what I'm saying and, like, I'm not trying to, I'm not, like, coming, I'm trying not trying to be mean, but it's, it's difficult, you know? It really is difficult. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, that doesn't help, that, you know, pushes back. It takes longer to do things. 
Um, you know, you get irritated more easily. They get they get irritated at themselves because they don't know what you're saying and they're trying to help. And that's the thing is that it's not like they're not trying to help. They just it's difficult. You know, no, yeah. if they don't understand what you're saying, then they can't help you. And that, I mean, goes vice versa. You know, if I don't understand what they're saying, I can't help them. Yeah. Um, and so I it's, it's really important. And I think if you find a couple people who are like, you know, someone who where you work really well with, like. Um, I'm still trying to fully figure out, like, who, like, I'm trying to, like, you know, I, I kind of know, but trying to find who, like, my best AD is, someone, like, that's really important, like, I want to be able to find someone who I know, you know, is someone I can rely on, someone who's, like, on top of my shit, making sure, like, you know, what there's, like, just a good AD and doing what their, like, yeah. what their role is as an AD, like, that's super important, and having a good AD and a good cinematographer, I think is really, really, really important, um, and then other, you know, as long as the head of every department is someone you can work with, that's all you really need. Yeah. Because if the if the head of, like, the grip department, which is, like, the C-stands and all the technical, like, stuff, um, if you can get along with them and they understand what your your idea is or whatever, it's easier because then they can communicate to their people, like, their, the people they're working with. Yeah. And it's, but uh, it's super important. I don't think a film can really work if you don't have a good crew. Yeah, uh, it can work, but especially if you're getting paid or it's a paid, it's an expensive film, it's just gonna cost even more money because you're gonna get set back in time because it's gonna be you know having to deal with certain things and also you know having certain people whose egos are too big and just try to take over every job and position mm-hmm. is really difficult and that's very frustrating to everyone. And then with everyone frustrated, it makes it difficult because then no one wants to do anything because mm-hmm. then everyone's like. Well, I don't want to do anything because this guy is just trying to take my job and I don't want to, I'm, I'm pissed off. And then exactly. it's like, well, why are you doing that to my production or whatever? Because like, I can't control that. I'm sorry. You know, like that, that, and that's annoying. If you have to deal with that, that's really annoying. Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, the importance of having the good, a good crew. I think I was speaking to Cooper about this the other day, actually, is that ultimately your crew needs to be your hype squad. Mm-hmm. If you're a director and you have a crew that is so excited for your project, it makes work so much easier right. and so much better. Um, if you have like if you have people rooting for you and want you to have the best film possible, mm-hmm. then being on set for those long ass hours will be all worth it. Right. If you're on a set where your crew just does not want to be there and they don't really care about your project then it's going to be a miserable experience and i think people need to realize that when they're picking a crew it has like you said it has to be crucial there's people that you can work with and people that you can rely on um i think for every single department actually because if you're working with for example production design you have to have a production designer that works that's on the same wavelength as you Otherwise, it will affect your whole entire um, mood of the set. Mm-hmm. Um, same goes for gaffer. If you have a gaffer that's on the same wave- wavelength as you, then you know that you're going to do the best that they can to make your lighting on set look spontaneous and look like amazing. Right. And I think that... Um, spectacular? Spectacular? It's spontaneous. So I was a little confused. Did I say spontaneous? <laughs> so they're lighting the spontaneous. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, no, it's all right. It's anyways, um, so I think that it's super important to have the right crew working with you. And 
that means that if you have to be very picky about who your crew is, then so be it. Mm-hmm. It's the worst thing where um, you're forced to work with someone that you know you have no like form of trust or anything with, and then you produce a product and you both kind of are unhappy with it because you guys just did not have a good time on set. And that's the worst, especially when you spend so much time and effort into stuff and like then like, you know, literally like spending months and months on these projects and then you got done with it and you're like, I hate this. Or yeah. like, I hate how this came out. And it's like, it's really annoying. And when you put your heart and soul into stuff and then because of a crew or because of like whatever, and that that's the worst. It really is. And it ruins the whole entire experience of being on set and things like that. If you've got a horrible crew yeah you know it makes the director stressed out and the last thing you want in a set is the director to be stressed out because then the actors get stressed out and that is probably the three most crucial people on set mm-hmm. if the energy of the director and the actors are low then it's going to spread to the whole entire crew and that's the, the last thing that anyone wants right so um that's to me getting your crew excited is the first um, thing to guarantee having you being guaranteed a good crew on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now I'm gonna move on. I think that's really uh, that's really good. I don't know. I agree. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, so my la- I have one more question, and this is the one that I kind of again I started talking about, and then I was like, we'll wait. Yeah. Um, so my question is, how stressful truly is film school? Oh, God. <laughs> um, I can start again if you'd like. Yes. Um, like I was saying, it on a, it get, it irritates me t- sometimes where I'll have conversations with people and they're, you know, who they, they go to school somewhere else and they're like, oh, my God, I just had, like, um, like, the, like my finals and everything. Like, it's so difficult. And then I'm like, oh, cool. Like, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, film school, like, whatever. And they're like, oh, you're so lucky. I wish I was you. I wish I could do that. <laughs> and like it's really frustrating and it's actually really annoying because I get that a lot and like hearing people constantly saying stuff like oh like film school is so easy like you have it like what the, I wish I could be you I wish I could do that like it seems like you don't do anything like I've literally had people be like you do nothing and like like you're constantly doing nothing and I'm like I'm constantly working my ass off like mm-hmm. <laughs> like there is so much stuff that I do and then on top of that working with the podcast like I have you know, I do a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I have to, you know, I edit the podcast, and then I, I, I upload it. I send out the tweets that take me, like, 20 minutes every day because I'm, I'm stupid. But, like, all that stuff is, like, extra on top of everything that I'm doing for film school. And I, I just, I don't know. It's I think, especially if you want to go to film school, it's a great time. And if you have the desire and the heart to do it, then you should do it for sure. Yeah. But I do think that if you... Uh, are kind of at a point where you're like, I like film, but, like, I don't know. I, I think you should, I, I don't know, like, personally, like, I think you should wait till you really feel like this is what I want to do. Because, and this is kind of going off tangent of how stressful it is, but it it relates to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's what you want to do and what you truly feel, like, I don't see myself doing anything else. Like, personally... I see myself in film or in like in the industry. I don't see myself out of the industry at all. Like I, that's just who I am, and I don't. I I can't work a desk job. Like yeah, you, I could not do that. That's not possible. 
And um, so, like, for me, it's, like, it's stressful. It really is. And there's so much work and there's so much, there's so many deadlines. And it, it gets, you know, it really gets to you. It really, like, I'll be honest, like, everyone, like, I'm sorry, but every person at film school is depressed. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you've been there for one week, you are depressed. Like, and it's it just, it, and that's, it's sad. It's true, but it's so sad. And, like, it's because there's some, there are long, long days, and then, you know, you have classes, like, we have class sometimes nine to seven, and then we get home, and we have to, you know, we have a script due the next day, and we have to stay up till 2 a.m. or whatever to finish that, and then yeah. we have class at 9 a.m., and then, not necessarily every day, but a lot of the times, it seems like every time we have a big due date, it's always a 9 a.m. class. True. And so... That's really stressful, and then there are times where it's like, okay, well, I really need to go to sleep. I'm going to have to just finish this in the hour break that I have during lunch. Yeah. And that is so stressful, because then it's like, okay, you're rushing, you're rushing, you're rushing, because you literally, like, it's like, do I get more sleep because my body is about to kill itself, or do I work on my script and then fall asleep in class? You know, yeah. and it, it's it's bad, and I think everyone has that, and every person that goes to film school is constantly stressed and constantly worrying about. Even like when we finished working on our project, everyone was already stressing about the intermediate film. Yeah, and like we didn't we didn't even start it yet, and everyone was already stressing out. And I'm like, and I mean I was too, so I can't like say anything. But it's like you take a step back, and you're like, wow, like I've been stressed in my life, like for sure. But I think this is definitely the most stressful I've ever been. Mm-hmm. But I think, but it's not like I'd give it up, you know? Like, this is what I love. This is what I want to do. So, like, I wouldn't trade it for anything. But, yeah, it's definitely stressful. And I I wish that people understood or, like, I don't know. This is more preachy of me. But it gets irritating and it's frustrating having to deal with people who are just constantly like, oh, you have it so easy. You're doing that. And I'm like, I'm doing just as much work, if not more, than you are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's, yeah. I think there's a certain stigma that people have um, with bachelors of arts and fine arts degrees mm-hmm. that they're a lot easier than um, BSCs, BCOMs, and stuff no like idea that. that is. Sorry, that's definitely American. like a South that's African a, thing. <laughs> um, bachelors <laughs> of science or bachelors oh, okay. of um, of like a business degree or okay. something like that. Yeah, there's a certain stigma that's around arts. Um, versus science or something like that and to me I think that's a whole lot of bullshit (laughs) like I'm sorry putting a plain blank people who attack people doing art programs it's a whole lot of shit I know that I have been an art freak well in Mm. the arts for my whole entire life well shouldn't say whole entire life maybe a a portion of my life and then yeah so coming from doing theater for a long ass time then coming and deciding to do a film degree is a huge like turn for me because it's a whole lot of different aspects that i'm not used to Mm -hmm. especially from being behind the camera as opposed to maybe i would have adjusted better if i was in front of the camera doing a I'm acting for film degree, but I'm doing filmmaking. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I think what people don't understand 
about art degrees is that it's it's because it, it's using your creative side of your brain mm -hmm. it's emotionally My and mentally brain, but yeah. <laughs> it's emotionally <laughs> and mentally draining it really is and it's draining and what people like don't understand is that yes it's not as um like time consuming no i don't say time it consuming because it it's is. very time it's consuming more. <laughs> but it's not as taxing as maybe doing math or something like that or doing like, like a, a business thing. a science or business degree mm -hmm. or things like that but it's using a whole side of your brain constantly 24 7 in film school especially 24 7 right. when you um spit out a script it's due next thing you know oh no i have to spit out another script or have to think of this type of shot. script is not easy to write. A yeah. script takes a while. You can't just do a script in five minutes. So I wish there was no stigma that came between science versus art because yeah. they're two different things. Use two different sides of your brain. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, um, film school is very stressful. Yeah. It is very stressful. Um, I wouldn't say everyone's depressed. I would, but I would. There's definitely a huge portion of people who are just emotionally drained all the time. And you can see it when it comes to coming into class or when it comes to people having to present something or it comes to just people's just general energy in class. Mm -hmm. You can see who's on top of everything and who is slowly dying inside <laughs> but to say blankly but i feel like i definitely disagree i definitely think everyone is and the reason i say that is literally you get into our school and the first thing that they say to you is oh and by the way the counselor's office is right down this right down this way sure and they say and they're like everyone goes here don't be ashamed to go yeah if they have a designate which i get it every college does but like designated to the point where they have to say it on like either your tour or whatever like four times there's something that they're kind of pointing at and i mean and it's not if you think about it like it's sad to say but every filmmaker and in, like in the industry not just us but filmmakers like you know the spielbergs and them mm -hmm. they're all addicted to drugs or they're addicted to alcohol and that's because they're depressed it's because it's like wow i was just on set for 12 hours i need to wind down and they drink and then they drink and then they get depressed and they drink more and i mean like that's what and and like almost everyone in the industry is an addict of some sort and it's sad because everyone's just dealing with so much and no one says anything because how they express their feelings is through their films yeah exactly and that's how it works with the film school the way people express their feelings is through a film there's someone in our class who she makes really sad movies and it's just because that's her life and she's expressing mm. what happens in her life and things she's gone through and you know it's sad but it makes you kind of you know i don't know that's just my version of things and my what i see my advice that i would give people who are in film school is that because you're all creative people in this industry is that you need to find some form of a way to be an emotional outlet for you. Mm -hmm. If it's not your films, find something else to do. Like, I know that I do Glee Club, for instance, um, and that, yes, you laugh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, for me, but for me, that's been a really emotional outlet that I could do. Mm. I'm, I've grown up as a, um, I'm a professionally trained singer. 
weird brag. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, you know, weird brag, but I've been trained and I've performed um, for most of my life, singing, dancing, acting, things like that. So the first semester was really hard for me because you're kind of just thrown into this whole big thing mm-hmm. and I had no way of like releasing this negative energy that I was consumed with 24-7 because of me having to be constantly creative and having to spit out ideas right. late nights of having to work on my English, you know, English composition, work on how you write something to how something is shot and things like that. So it's a lot of using your right side of your brain. Mm-hmm. And there was no there was no outlet that I had in the first semester for me to kind of release all the stress. So I got depressed. Right, and that's what saying. I'm saying is, and that's yeah. what I feel like everyone goes through is because no one wants to do it. Yeah. And they block the, they block all their stuff, and instead of saying anything, it's, I'm just going to put it out there in my movie, but no one's going to really care. No, yeah. And I'm not going to say anything about it. It's just going to be, this is my movie, you know? And I don't know. I think people need to at least find someone they can talk to or find something they can do to do that no matter what even if you don't think you're depressed just talk about your feelings to someone and and i think it's a powerful thing to have an emotional outlet where you can kind of pour your emotions out because some people are not verbal speakers some people physically find it difficult Mm -hmm. to talk about the emotions like quite frame blank Mm -hmm. you know when and people some people may get frustrated because you know they can't speak out Mm-hmm. But for me, because I've always been, I've never been a submissive person. I've never been someone who um, was really afraid to sh- express myself. Right. But sometimes it gets hard because sometimes you don't know. Mm-hmm. So doing Glee Club, especially this last semester, semester two, um, really was some way to take off the edge on it. Obviously, like there's never a time where I'll go to Glee Club and be like, oh, I'm all better now, you know? But it's at least it's some activity that I do that kind of takes me away from film school a bit and kind of just lets me relax and things like that. And if you're a person that needs to go speak to a counsellor, then all by all means, then do it, go do it. But some people just are not comfortable with doing something like that. Mm -hmm. So if you're a filmmaker, I would filmmaker or actor or any former person in the industry, quite frankly, uh, I would suggest just finding some form of emotional outlet that you can express yourself in Mm -hmm. um, because it gets dangerous. Like mental health is not a joke. So um, always remember mental health is number one school comes second in my opinion yeah it's more it's more important to look up look after yourself than Mm -hmm. to keep up with your grades yeah well uh i'm gonna we're gonna move on from some questions i wanna we're gonna switch it up a little bit and talk about just for a little bit um we haven't this week i kind of we again we were so busy so i didn't really have time to see much um i watched toy story 3 again to get myself prepared for four Um, this week. Yeah, I'm so excited. But I've oh my god, I've seen that I've seen that movie now like three or four times. I was saying, and I still cried watching it. And I was a mess. Like for a solid ten minutes, I was sobbing oh on the couch. God. And I was like, I was like, I really hope my roommate does not come home right now because <laughs> I'm like I'm just sitting here like crying about an animation movie. Um, but anyway, so we ended up seeing uh, Ma yesterday. Wow. Uh, on or a couple days ago. Yesterday. Was yes, correct. It was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, it was funny because I've been wanting to see the movie since it came out, and then I just never had time to see it because I've just been so busy with school, uh, and I saw other movies instead. Um, and so we finally saw it, and wow, um, that was a horrible movie. Wow. <laughs> Me wow. and Bunny went and saw it together, but no, that was, wow, that was really bad. Like, I was expecting better. <laughs> like, I knew it wasn't going to be good because I saw the Rotten Tomato score, but I didn't know it was going to be, like, that bad. And, guys, I <coughs> love Octavia Spencer. Like, Octavia Spencer is one of my favorite actresses. But, wow, they really did her dirty with this film. I'm so sorry. You're like, oh, my God, wow. They did her dirty with this film. Um, so, in producing class, we kind of, kind of got... Um, introduce the whole concept of people will pitch ideas to a production company or whatever um, a company it is and sometimes it comes to, ex- um, to the extent where the, where the production company or whoever is like okay cool we like your idea let's make this film so now it's up to the director or whoever pitched the idea to go to a casting director and is like okay the only reason the only way that this film is going to be big is that if we attach a big name to this film. Right. And I think that's exactly what they did with Octavia Spencer. They managed mm-hmm. to get her involved in this film and they knew to bring it and bring their money because who does not want to see an Octavia Spencer movie? Right. It was just wow. I don't even know how to like just the lines in the movie and the the dialogue was horrible. The acting um, was horrible. Right. The acting was horrible. And it was funny because there were a lot of like really bad lines and the entire audience would just laugh. Like, the, every, yeah. everybody on is like, wow, this is such a bad movie. But, like, personally, like, it was so bad that I enjoyed it, though. Like, Bunny didn't have that experience. She no. wanted to leave multiple times. And I was like, no, we're staying. Yeah, I over. physically, there was one point where I lift up my... When was that? Well, what happened, though? Um, Do you remember? I have no idea what happened. But I, I brought up my recliner seat and I was ready to leave the cinema and Nick was like no bunny stay I'm like bunny you're not leaving or like there's like 10 minutes left in this movie you're gonna stay we're gonna finish this movie um but no it was just it was horrendous and I don't know I don't know why I wasted my time on that movie like and it's and to me the most the thing that made that movie is that I don't think I could have seen it at any other time than yesterday Mm -hmm. I think the atmosphere that we were in literally had a couple next to me doing God knows what they were doing. Making out and stuff. Yeah, yeah making up and doing um, sexual really things. sexual stuff next to me. We had um, a row a row in front of us of full of gay men, had a loud-ass family in the corner, and then had two two ladies probably at the end of our row having a girl's day or something like, they, like that. They showed up like an hour late. And they were definitely, like, a little drunk. Yes. And then the gay guys in front of us were just... They were just loud at every part, which was fun. It was fine. They, again, they made the atmosphere. It was good. But it was just... A, it was a mess. There was also, like, three children that were running around. Yeah. Like, there was a literal... This is an R-rated movie, and I watched a child for half the movie just run around the theater. <laughs> and I was like, is this what it's like? I've never seen a 5 p.m. on a Sunday tour movie. And I was like, Wow. I'm like, this is what it's like. I'm like, I need to come see this movie. Come see movies more. <laughs> and we literally... At that time. Um, through all the corny lines and things like that. And there was this character, if you haven't seen Marvel, this character named Steve, who is like um, the lead's mother's work friend. Right. Something like, and every time he would come onto the screen... He's a very feminine, screen, uh, I assume, gay character. 
um, the gay men in front of us would just laugh and cheer for him. And it was great because it was like, yay pride. But like... <laughs> no, but like, it just like, I was like, wait, I'm like, what's funny? Like, I, like, I was like, maybe I just don't, maybe it's just like... Yeah. Like, but I don't it was, know. But it was great. I love the atmosphere we're in. It kind of really just made the film for me. It made then, it more enjoyable. And then at the end when credits started rolling, the gay guys all just clapped like yeah. super loud. And I was Everyone like, was like... God, no, but it what was funny. the hell was that? It was funny. I, I was listening. One of the guys, they were all la- they were all clapping and laughing. And then he turns to the guy next to him and he was like, that was a horrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. I'm like, exactly. this is so good. And I even remember walking out and I even said to Nick, and I was like, Nick, this was, was that was a whole lot of bullshit. And one of the guys also laughed and, just, and he was like, see, she also think, thought it was a whole lot of bullshit. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't hear that. That's and funny. I was like, exactly. It was a whole lot of bullshit. Yeah. Um, and it was... And I feel like it had so much potential to be good. Mm-hmm. Like it was a very, it was a concept that I've never really been familiar with. I think I thought it was, yeah, relatively. No, the story was horrible. I, I to cut you off, sorry. Mm-hmm. Literally, the first hour was, and this movie's been out for like a month now. So if you haven't seen it yet, I'm not really spoiling anything. You should have seen it, and if you haven't, it's not good. Don't waste your money. Yeah. Um, the it, the first hour is literally them just like going to parties and getting Ma, who literally the reason why they started calling her Ma is the dumbest thing ever. It was, they, I don't remember, it was like something, Anne was her name. And Sue Ann. Sue Ann was her name. And they, they were waiting outside of a liquor store and they asked her to get alcohol for her. And at first she's like, no. And then she saw this guy and she was like, oh, sure. Like one of the teenagers. And she was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then got them alcohol. And then she's like, follow me down the road or something and I'll, and I'll give it to you. Or something. I was like, follow, I don't remember what it was. And so they followed her and they just brought her, they brought the kids to her house and were like, you can party in my basement if you want. And they were like, yeah, sure. They don't even know who this person is. They literally just met her. And again, it's a horror movie. I get that. But then all of a sudden they're down there and they're like all talking. And then one of the dudes like, thanks, ma. And I was like, yeah, as like, like, what? As like a slang reference or something. Like he was just, no, he was just like, like being like corny and like funny. Yeah. But then she was like, like liked it. And she was like, yeah, call me ma. And it was, like, really weird. And I just, I don't know. It was a bad story. The first whole hour was that, them partying. And then all of a sudden, one of the girls gets drugged. But then you don't know why she got drugged. Like, there's no, like, like, you know why. But, like, you don't know what happened while she was drugged. All you know is that her earrings were stolen. And that's it. Yeah. And I think what also was very unsettling with me in this movie was that the romance that happened between the lead and that other guy couldn't tell you the names. I can't Which remember. Which one? The dad or the kid? The kids. Oh, how she like made out with the one of the kids? No, 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 no. no. I'm not talking about that. I'm oh, talking sorry. about the the legit couple. The romance oh. between the two of them. Oh, the one from from um uh what's that movie? Booksmart. Booksmart. The yeah, the lead, the the female lead. Right, I don't remember their names. I can't remember their names either. Not a good movie. <laughs> um, they had no chemistry. They really did. There was no chemistry there. They looked like awkward teenagers who are forced to make out on screen. No, but like, I like she's. I think she's a pretty decent actress. Like she was the best out of all of them. I think, but he is horrible. And every time he he do his lines, I'm like, this is he's reading from his script. And I was like, I don't understand how they were like okay with this movie. Like, who watched this movie and was like, this is great. Let's put it out there. No, but for me, I just felt there was no chemistry. Like, really I did wasn't. not believe that um he liked her from the minute he saw her or whatever like a, he looks pretty creepy 
to me in yeah. the beginning. Like we see she's walking into a new school, mm-hmm. then we we switch to her point of view and she walks past this guy that ends up being her boyfriend later on in the film and he smiles at her like creepily. Like it's not like a smile of like attraction or a smile like Well it was like they were trying to make it a smile of attraction, but he is just weird. Yeah, and it was like, that. okay, the director cued me to smile then, yeah. so I'm gonna smile, but I came up really awkward. And so I was like, this is very uncomfortable for me. And they make out scenes. The one on the couch, I was like, this oh, is yeah. this looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. What would you what would you give it out of ten? I'll give it a four. That's what I was gonna say. I'll give yeah. it a I'll give it a 4.5 just for, I like where the idea could have gone, mm-hmm. but it was hor- It was done horribly. Octavia Spencer definitely saved it. But, I think if it was any other actress. But like, she saved what? I literally think it's just the fact that she was in the movie. Like, No, her, her character was terrible. Yeah. But because she... She was she, creepy though. She was yeah. definitely creepy. She, she did her character the best that she could. I'd love to see her in another horror movie where, like, it's done properly. Yeah. Like, I'd like to see her in, like, a good director's horror movie. Yeah. But, again, I who knows? Maybe she's not meant for it and we just she looked like she was. But I thought she was decent. In that whole, like, painting that one dude's face white, what was that about? Because she wanted to be the only black friend. Oh, right. She was like, sorry, there's only one here. Yeah. That's what she said. That was messed up. That was fucked. I was like, whoa. This yeah, is too that much. was heavy. Um, but yeah, I don't... There, That's the only movie that we were, we saw this week. I don't know if there's anything else you saw that you want no. to talk about. Um, no. No? Um, other than that, uh, we'll wrap it up in a minute, but uh, the couple trailers that came out, Doctor Sleep, which I'm so excited for, and I've, been, and I've been waiting for years, because um, I read the book, actually. It's a sequel, basically, to The Shining. Um, Danny Torrance, who's the kid from The Shining, it's his story afterwards. Mm -hmm. And the trailer literally showed clips from The Shining. Like, showed bits and pieces of clips from The Shining, and it made me so excited. Like, I love Stephen King, and I love anything that he does. I'm pretty biased, but, like, holy crap. Like, I'm... It's going to be really good, I think. I think my favorite thing out of the trailer was... Um, seeing Danny replicate the iconic Jack Nicholson looking oh, through the yeah. door. That wow. was so cool. That was so cool. It got me so excited. Yeah. I was like, damn. I was like, you... Uh, like, The Shining is like one of my all-time favorite movies. So. And it was literally shot the exact same angle mm-hmm. and everything like that. And I thought that was so cool. And that makes me like, this whole movie is going to be like that. Yes. It's going to be very similar. And I hope that um, it follows the book. Mm-hmm. Um because the book was pretty decent. I liked it. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it was pretty good. Um, I actually didn't finish it, though. So I don't know. I, I had like 20 pages left, but I got... I don't know. I, don't know. I think I had to return it. I don't know. Um, and then another trailer that we saw that just came out today. Uh, so I'm glad that we recorded this on Monday morning instead of yesterday. Um, it's called Ready or Not. And mm-hmm. it's with uh, Samara Weaving, which I have no idea who she is, to be honest. But she looks like... Uh, What's her face? Um, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. It was a the red. It was a red band trailer, so it was like it was an R rated movie, and it was super. It looked really gory, and it's like about this um, this couple. Uh, this couple who's getting married, but then they have to. She bef- needs to do like an initiation. Yeah, there's like an initiation five. thing, and it's a truth or not truth or dare. Sorry, it's a, a hide and seek game. Yeah, and it turns 
like super aggressive where she's hiding and everyone else has weapons and they're trying to kill her. Yeah. Like it's not they're just trying to kill her. It's no initiation. And then the husband finds her and it's like I I had to make like I'm sorry like I didn't know this was like I I forget what it was. It was it, it looks really cool. It looks mm. interesting. Um I thought it was Margot Robbie and then I found out it wasn't so I don't care as much. <laughs> <laughs> um Wow. No, I'm kidding. No, it looks cool. Um, I don't know though. I hope it. I hope it does well. I, I want to see more. I want to see at least one more trailer before I kind of make my mind up. Yeah, because it was it was cool, but like I I don't know. It wasn't. Too, it was a lot of just action. There wasn't much story in the trailer, so I don't know really what's happening. I'd like to like find out in the movie what the origin of that whole situation is right. about. Like, yeah, I, like want I want to see where it starts. Yeah, like I, I hope it doesn't start at the wedding. But it might. I think it may. I think the whole story may be just be a one locationer mm-hmm. um, where they're just running around the the house and she, they're trying to kill the bride. But I'd like to know, like, why, you know? Right. Yeah, I want to know. I want to learn about the history of the family. Yeah, I kind of want to know. It gave me, like, Get Out vibes. That's what I'm saying. That's so, what like, I was thinking. That's I what I was thinking. Hope, I really hope that it's similar in a way. Um to it and like the music and stuff is really cool yeah I don't know I'm excited I think it should be cool um but hopefully we'll keep you updated with more stuff coming out about that the uh the the husband is actually if you guys if anyone's seen um Bad Times at the El Royale he's like the um I don't the bellboy I guess you could call him mm-hmm. um so I, I like him I actually liked his character a lot and I haven't seen him in anything else so I, I'm interested to see how he plays in this to be honest, the way he acts, it's probably the same. He has a very distinct voice, and so I don't think he can kind of change it. So I think he'll sound the same, and probably he has a very like nerdy but like awkward and shy kind of guy voice. Like mm-hmm. that's what he sounds like, and I feel like that's what he's going to portray no matter what. So, but I'm interested to see yeah, with this we'll kind see. of role. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Um, those are like the big trailers I can think of. I don't, I can't think of anything else. Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't know if there's anything else that's came up this week. I don't think so either. I'm just ready for Toy Story 4. I'm so excited. Guys, we are so excited. And um, I can now, com- I, I believe I can confirm that we have next week, there will be an um, interview with one of the uh, cast members of the new Annabelle movie, which Ooh. comes out next week. So that's very exciting. That's been something that we've been working on for a while. Um, and so, um, yeah, just tune in next week for that. That'll, that's literally next week, and I can't believe I'm saying that because this has been something we've been talking about for a long time now. That's so exciting, guys. I'm really exciting. Uh, really exciting? I'm really excited. Make sure you listen. Yeah, make sure you listen. Um, and we'll remind you, if you follow us on Twitter, we'll probably tweet something out about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, again, Coop will, Coop will be back next week. Uh, and again, um, congratulations, Avery. Really, really proud of you. We're really proud. Come hang uh, out with Auntie Bunny and Nick. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> um, but we'll see you guys next week. Bye.